0: Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Cultivate, Seed Me, Relapse Edition. We are moving right along in the story, and uh, yeah, if you haven't caught the previous episodes, definitely catch up. Um, by this point, you will have no idea what's going on, and it'll be quite confusing, as I, Con Lavery, read it to you, which is a book I wrote, that I also narrated, that I also did improv music for. I have a lot of different interests, in combining them into one transmedia storytelling experience, all of which is also explored more in the macrocosm scene on the Patreon. So check that out. And uh, it also explains a little bit more there on the Patreon on how the uh, macrocosm and transmedia storytelling all work. You can watch the video. And for those who have been tuning in to the Cultivate episodic series, we left Logan... Uh, off where he was searching on the internet, going back down the rabbit hole about the 420 drain case where his ex-girlfriend was killed. And Skip is telling him like, nah, man, yeah, you're good. You need to keep your head on and not worry about these strange robed dudes and, and, uh, keep your head low. But Logan won't, he won't listen. Why would he? He's off to meet Donald Waite, the guy who was driving the truck at the night, uh, at the Empress Ale house where Logan first met the Vicky lookalike. So they're going to the Remand Center, which for those who don't know, is basically the prison visitation center in Edmonton. So let's see how that goes. Chapter Eight, Fact or Fiction. Okay, Donald, wait, it's time for you to talk. I feel excited, nervous, and stressed as I grip the car's wheel. The exhaust lets out an obnoxious noise due to the toast muffler. I'm not a car guy. I care if it gets me from point A to B. This old rust bucket cruises just fine through the concrete jungle of the dirt-infested downtown Edmonton. Like all city cores, one block has the rubs finding shelter, and the next, the suits get richer. Downtown is just the road. I'm going to the Edmonton Remand Visitation Center, Center 170, at the north edge of town. Earlier in the week, I gave the police station a call about visitation hours. Turns out... Janet and I had to book an appointment to meet this Donald Waite fellow. We waited and waited. It's Thursday now. The past few days have been strange. I have had more vivid dreams, similar to the one I had the night after the party. There are hands, so many hands, and fire. The world is burning. No more whispering words, thank God. I keep getting sucked into the dirt in front of the giant floating flower. I'm weaker too. Despite my growing appetite, I can't eat enough. It's weird. I'm even chowing down on several breakfast burgers right now while driving. Janet is here, wrapped up in a long drapey hippie clothing and some light makeup. Who knows? She might come in handy again. She's got a different perspective than I do. We're both feeling anxious about meeting Donald Waite. What if he is the drain killer? That means I will be face to face with Emily's murderer. Or what if he isn't the killer and wants to seek revenge for his son? kind of like me. Well, the only difference is, is he got a lot further than me in his research and ended up in jail. Does he know about Vicki Smith? Does he know about the old guy in Big and Burly? What about Drew? He died after the arrest. These are questions I need to ask him in a clear and direct language. I don't know how much time we have, and I don't want to overwhelm him. I generally think best in silence to formulate thoughts instead of being blessed with stillness, I'm trying to tune out the hippie. She keeps chatting about stuff. I don't know. The more time I spend with her sober, the less I care about wanting to know her. It's like a reverse boner from what I was getting at the after party. A re Deflation? I'm so glad we stopped for this coffee first, Janice says, holding her Tim Hortons cup. Like, school is getting out of hand. I can barely sleep right these days. It's gotta be the stress. Blah, blah, blah. I think I would have seriously passed out if we didn't get coffee. I barely slept last night too and getting up at this time was tough for me. I'm not a morning person, bad dreams. My stomach is weird. How about you, holding up okay? She asks, reaching for my arm. What's with her in my arm? I nudge her hand away, I'm fine. What do you think we will find out? She asks, no idea. I'd actually be fine dropping this whole thing if I hadn't run into that old guy at the party. Deep down, I know I'm scared. What if I don't get the info I'm hoping for? There's no way I'm telling Janet. Like most guys, I need to show the lady that I'm in control. The word scared isn't in my vocabulary. I'm not sure what makes us guys think this way. Maybe some primitive desire to assure those around us that we are the alpha or sigma if you prefer. That's some other stupid internet term you can find if you dig far enough. Emily's death sent me down some bizarre web trails, man. I'm kind of worried. This whole thing is just weird, Janice says. Hey, I say. Thanks for coming with me. It's nice to know I'm not completely insane. I was beginning to think no one believed me. She strokes her dreadlocks. You're welcome. Support can go a long way. We drive in silence through the northern half of Edmonton, through St. Albert and into some industrial park. St. Albert is technically its own city, but the urban sprawl has fused the two cities together. So... North of Edmonton, often means St. Albert. Center 170 is easy to spot from the sign out front of the glass building, bingo. The visitation center certainly doesn't look like a prison. It's good enough for me. This is it, Janice says. Here we go, I say, parking the car. We enter the visitation center through the automatic doors and into the gray interior, dull, like a prison. Some people sit in waiting chairs, heads down low, probably stressed out family members or friends of prisoners. At the desk, the receptionist is typing away on her keyboard. Hi, I say. Hello, can I help you? She asks, voiced gravely from cigarettes. We're here to see Donald Wait, I made an appointment over the phone. IDs, she asks. I flip out my ID with a serial killer style photo of me, just like everyone's photo. Janet's too. The receptionist checks the IDs and passes them back with a couple of forms. She says, No recording devices are prohibited beyond this point, and your visit will be monitored. You'll have to leave your phones here. You can pick them up on your way out. Bummer. I wanted to record some of the conversations for notes. Oh well. Janet and I drop our smartphones on the desk and fill out the generic forms. Full name Logan Cook. Address 8322 99th Street, Northwest Edmonton, Alberta T6E 3D3. Date of birth October 20th, 1986. Reason for visiting. Reason for visiting? Uh, visiting an old friend. Sure. The receptionist says, wait one moment, we'll have Officer Flummer take you to the visitation rooms. Janet and I wait by the receptionist counter. I tap my foot and fidget with my fingers, waiting in anticipation. I say, I've got most of the questions I want to ask figured out. If you think of anything, just speak up. Totally. We have to be careful how we word this, though. If they are monitoring visits, they don't need to start looking to me again. Things were crazy enough after Emily. I got you. Hi there, a deep voice bellows. Officer Flummer comes out of the secure door, following the receptionist. He's thick-necked and moves in wide strides. I feel nervous being around a cop again. I avoid these guys. Officer Flummer says, Just to brief you on what to expect, our visitation center is managed through video conferencing technology. You will have no direct face-to-face contact with the prisoner. Janet says, So we don't actually see him? Just over the screen. Safe her that way. Come. Officer Flummer directs us to the security door with a sign reading, Visitation Room Entrance. Janet whispers to me, That's a violation of basic human rights. I shrug. Apparently not. Officer Flummer swipes his key card against the box by the door. Beep, click. He swings the door open, leading us through the room with white pillars and rows of screens mounted on stainless steel boxes. Each screen is divided by gray granite textured walls. This looks like an office cubicle. We walk by other people sitting at their stations, holding black phones to their ears, chatting to inmates on screen. It's creepy. The future is bright for everyone. Officer Flummer takes us to an empty station. He says, We'll start the call. You've got 15 minutes. Thanks, I say as Officer Flummer leaves. That doesn't seem very long, Janice says. He must be popular. High profile too. I stare at the tiny black hole above the screen, obviously the camera. I'm not a fan of being watched and recorded, especially considering some of the questions I'm going to ask this Donald Wake guy. Ideally, I would have written my questions on paper and handed them to him. This system makes it impossible. The screen flicks on with a disclaimer message, repeating what the receptionist had told us earlier, just in more detail than I'm willing to read. It says something about recording too, as I suspected. My foot keeps tapping in eagerness. We both grab the black phones, ready for our discussion. The screen flips to a concrete room with a rough skinned man staring at us from under his curly black hair. He's in the classic orange jumpsuit, holding up a black phone. Donald Waite isn't how I would picture a professor. Then again, his son's death probably did a number on him. There's a timer too, just above him stating 15 minutes. I clear my throat and say, Donald Waite? Yeah, who are you? The man replies, his voice distorted from the audio quality. I'm Logan. This is Janet. You were driving the truck a week or so ago that got busted? Yes, the man says. Vicki Smith who is she i ask who do you work for some blog site or local paper if you're with that little prick from the other day i'm hanging up no we're not with anyone we've been getting mixed up in some weird shit ever since we saw your truck get pulled over really i pause thinking about how direct i should be with the camera recording i've made it this far to meet donald wait years of no questions answered so you know what fuck it i say this vicky gal I saw her after the cops found her body. I need answers, but I've got nowhere to turn. Donald's eyes widen. You've seen the girl? Yeah, the same night we saw her in the truck. I saw her in the back of the pub. Now I have these two guys threatening me. Not directly, but pretty much. What did she do to you? What happened? Uh, she made out with me behind the bar. She pricked my wrist and my tongue, and I'm not sure if it was from her teeth. It didn't really hurt or do anything. And? She knocked me out when I tried to pull away. She is crazy strong. The cops spooked her out and she left. There's something not normal about her. She moved mechanically. Don't ever go near it. You're playing with death, kid. That girl you've seen is not Vicki Smith. She's dead, just like all the decapitated drain cases of victims are. The headless ones are always first, then the blood-drained ones are next. And you, kid, would have been sucked dry if you hadn't pulled away. Like Emily. My original hunch about my wrist is confirmed. I knew it. I knew it. I'm overwhelmed with excitement and fear. Look, Donald says, the thing you encountered is dangerous, and there are others like it. I've never gotten a good look at them up close. From afar, they look just like their deceased counterparts, except they're wrapped in dark material like a long coat or robe. Then who are they? I haven't narrowed it down, like I said. No chance to have a good look at them, but the question is not who they are, it's what they are. Janet says, please elaborate. The only reason I'm telling you this is because you saw what birthed from Vicky and those two men you saw are a part of this, I say. Wait, back up. That girl or whatever from the pub that kissed me birthed? Correct, you've heard about the drain cases. Have you heard about the theory the police have been spouting, claiming these victims are being mutilated by animals or it being a serial killer? Listen, I've gotten my hands on some corpse photos before. The tears in the limbs and necks aren't from an outside force like you would find from claws or weapons. The flesh is sliced and the skin is stretched. It's undeniable something tore out from within. The police don't want to freak anyone out. There are these two men that appear at the scene. They always come and collect the bodies of the decapitated victims. Those are likely the same men you encountered. I ask, what do you mean, collect the decapitated victims? They don't cut the heads off? No, they're like cultivators. Cultivators? Janet asks. You took Vicky's body from these guys? The cultivators tried to take Vicky's body along the ravine. The poor girl was out for a walk when it burst. These men were ready to harvest the damn thing. I shot at them. They scattered. I was able to drag Vicky's remains to my truck before it realized I was there. I should have shot at the thing, but the cultivators returned. I think they were on my tail. I sped. Poor judgment. Obviously, the police don't bite. They're going to try and prosecute me for Vicky's death and claim I'm clinically insane. What is concerning is there are many more drain victims out there than the police haven't reported. The drain cases are related to Vicky. I ask. Even the 420 training? I know it's true. I just want to hear it from him. My hands are sweating like crazy. Yes, each one. For the past five years, the only bodies the police have found are the ones I have intervened with, sending anonymous tips. What about the cases before that? My son was killed by these things. And for the older cases, hard to say. Maybe someone else got roped into the mess, and eventually, the cultivators got them. Janet says, why report anonymously? Haven't you told them this? As I said, I knew I might get pegged for these cases, especially if I continually was the only one reporting them. Were these, I say, cultivators at the 420 draining? Precisely. I was on their trail for a while. They tend to travel all around the province. Like always, I called the local law enforcement, hoping they or I could get there early and save the two kids. I was too late. The boy was shredded apart when I got there just like what happened to Vicky. Did you see the girl? I asked. I did, yes. I tried to help her, but she thought I was with the cultivators and ran away before I could stop her. One of the men got to her first. There was nothing I could do. I had to get out of there before the cops arrived. Look what happened when I fired my gun with Vicky. Foolish. He let Emily die. Coward. I can only think about Emily's screams for help when this guy had a perfect opportunity to blow the heads off these guys. Janet asks. If Vicky is dead, who is this other girl that Logan encountered? Donald says. I'm not sure if this is some sick government experiment or a lost strand from the evolutionary tree, but the girl you saw is not Vicky or a girl. She looks just like her, yes, but it is a hunter. And stay clear of it. The cultivators, too. I will tell you this though, I found Vicky's body in the river valley downtown. That's where the cultivators were going to dispose of it before I intervened. Why not just call the cops, like you did before, Janet asks. I've been watching them for years and calling the police to stop them, yet they've never been caught. However they do it, they don't leave any footprints, fingerprints, or other evidence. These pricks always gather the birthing in the woods or the wilderness. Year after year, the cases leave the police stumped. This time I took matters into my own hands. I wanted to study the body and learn exactly how she died, but I'm here now. Study her body? Janet asks. Donald says, I'm a biologist. Something grows inside of these poor people and I needed to see if I could learn anything from her body. The two men who collect these birth things are quick and I can't ever get one before they arrive. I say, these cultivator guys are following me. What did they look like? There are two of them, a short one and a tall, muscular one. Yeah, that matches. Did you meet the cultivators before they started following you? At a farmer's market, perhaps? Bzzz. The clock above Donald Wait's head states, 10 seconds. Damn it, I lost track of time. Yeah, that's where I met the short old guy, I say. Eight seconds. What happened, Donald asks. Seven seconds. He ran a booth and I got some of these seeds that he, five seconds. Don't take anything from them. Which seeds did he give you? Two seconds. The black and red seeds? One second. Donald's eyes widened, mouth open, pure horror, as the screen flips over to a screensaver with a generic disclaimer. Fuck. I keep staring at the blank screen, phone in hand. The seeds. The old man's 13-seed remedy is roped into this. Emily's death is finally clarified. Partially. Officer Flummer shows up saying, Time's up. "'Thanks,' Janet replies. "'We follow Officer Flummer back to the lobby "'to get our phones, exit Centre 170, and head to the car. "'I don't even know what to say "'as I take the keys from my pocket.' "'Janet breaks the silence. "'Christ, that was fucked. "'Yeah. "'I had so many more questions, you know,' Janet says. "'I know,' I say. "'We still don't know why Vicky's doppelganger "'is hanging around. "'How much of any of that did you really buy?' "'I don't know.' The stuff he was going on about, something birthing from the bodies, sounds pretty ridiculous. That old guy, the cultivator or whatever, think he's gonna come back for you? We've gotta tell the cops. We can't. Again, we've got no evidence. The only other person who knows anything about this is the one in jail right now, and he's probably being accused for murder. But it's the video recording, right? Yeah, whoopty-fucking-do, two crackheads rambling about nonsense. True. How do we know he isn't the drainer? Because of the new drain victim, Drew? I don't know. It's just a thought. This whole thing is bizarre. He referred to them as cultivators. Seems like something a crazy person would say. I know. His theory about Vicky sounds far-fetched. But so does a lot of this crazy shit. And you did see the girl who is supposedly dead. Yep. And we ate those seeds. What are they? Janet asks. I don't know. I say, fuck Logan, I'm scared, we ate them, I don't know what to say to her, and get into the car, starting the engine, Janet gets in, hugging her arms, freaked out, she's tapping away on her phone, texting her looking stuff up on the internet, we ride in silence back to her apartment near the University of Alberta, Janet cries a bit, I ignore her, outside her apartment, I finally speak, the seeds are a part of this, I've developed a hunch about these seeds and our stomach aches, but don't want to freak her out. It's just a gut feeling. Yeah. Fuck. I have a big essay due tomorrow. How am I supposed to focus? Drink? Thanks. Really though, what are we going to do? Janet asks. We'll keep digging. Janet lets out a stress-infused exhale, unconvinced by my reply. Hey, Janet. I'm glad you came with me. You asked some good questions. You're welcome turns out I might be part of this mess too. I'll text my cousin if she knows anything about these seeds. She's into plants. You good? I ask. I don't know. What about you? About Emily, I mean. Yeah, I think. I've got to go to the farmer's market again. Janet nods. Well, text me if you find anything new or just need some company. She insists on another hug. I don't resist, embracing her warmth and getting an excellent sober whiff of that soft, natural scent of her body for the first time she doesn't wear any perfume which is a nice change i can smell a person and not some kind of synthetic chemical flower she's got a soft citrusy aroma and i take another inhale i like it she rubs my back and pulls free thanks for the ride i wave bye as she leaves and head back home with my mind chatter donald Waite has more to say specifically about those seeds looks like i'll have another date with him Well, that wasn't really good news for Logan or Janet. Uh, Yeah, Donald Waite mentioned something about the seeds. And both Logan and Janet ate those seeds. Uh, So I guess he isn't the infamous 420 drainer. Um, Or maybe he is. Maybe he's lying and kind of bullshitting them to kind of screw them around. But it did seem that way. At least it got them pretty scared. they're, they're They're not doing too well. They better figure out what's going on. We'll learn about that in episode 9 and 10 and onwards. Or if you can't wait for these episodes, why not go to all the major distributors where you can get the full audiobook, the ebook, or the print version available now and all that fun stuff. So do that. And if you want further uh, cool stories and want to support my writing, why not check out the Patreon? where there's monthly new stories expanding the macrocosm where all the stories take place in one superverse. All right, I'll catch you in the next episode. Take care. Ciao.